one thing I've learned over the years is that a willingness to lose is really the catalyst to being able to win at anything. Because if you're constantly playing not to lose, it's true you won't lose. You can survive, but you'll never win as big as you want to. And I've learned some powerful lessons along these lines that I want to share with you guys today. Welcome back to The Missing Piece, everybody. Paul here, really looking forward to digging into this episode with you because this lesson, this this idea of playing not to lose kept me stuck and miserable for years. And I don't want you, um, I don't want anybody to have to go through that. Or if you go through it, I want you to break through it as fast as you can. I want you to be able to recognize when you fall into this pattern and get out of it and run, right? And start playing to win. And that all starts with not being afraid to take the occasional L. So before we get into it, like, hey, head over to missingpeacepodcast.com. I've actually got an awesome uh, new channel going up on Discord. So it's a place to interact with me directly. I'm sharing all my content there, tons of free trainings. And you can just access it by going to missingpeacepodcast.com. And of course, if you haven't already, do me a solid. Leave a review. I would love to hear your thoughts. I would love to hear what resonated with you. Um, and I would, you know, love for you to share this with your friends. So thank you for all doing that because, you know, that's how people hear about this stuff. So without further ado, let's dig in. Playing not to lose. And this mentality, it was, it, it kind of crept it up on me or, or was, was cast upon me when I first started my, my first gym. Right. And what, uh, what I did is I did it with no money. <clears throat> I did it entirely on credit, a credit card actually. So, uh, I didn't actually get my own facility. I sublet, I was a personal trainer and I sublet, you know, I got into a commercial lease with another gym that existed. I rented a little corner of their gym and that's where I would conduct my business. And so, um, I paid them the first month's rent and last month's rent with all the savings money savings I had. And I bought, I think, 12 kettlebells on credit. And then I signed up for a consulting um, firm, consulting company that helps that help gym owners with the rest of my credit. And that was it. That was all I had to my name. And at the time, you know, I felt like, I felt like, holy shit, I think it was like $15,000 I put on credit. I was like, Lose, losing this money, this is the, this could lead to financial ruin. That's literally what I thought, which is kind of funny now. But uh, at the time, it was extremely stressful. And so I never really had the ability to lose, meaning I had to be profitable from essentially day one. I had to, I had like, I had to have people come in the door. I had to be making money from day one. And that creates an, an enormous amount of pressure and an enormous amount of stress. And you know, it, it, you know, the good thing is it got me to really work. It got me to really problem solve and figure things out very quickly in order to do that. But even after I got ahead and even after I built up my membership, so I knew I had money coming into the business every single month and I paid off that credit card. Even after that happened, I still had that little fear in me. That fear of uh, losing, in this case, you know, falling behind on a bill or whatever the case is, as if it was the worst thing in the world. And, you know, I even though I continued to expand my business, like I, I moved out of that facility that I sublet, then I took out a bank loan and I built out my own facility and got into my own commercial lease. And I did that uh, again three years later into a bigger facility. So I did continue along the path of expansion, 
but it was my mindset that kept me at a very mediocre income. And that was that that was playing not to lose because in the beginning there was no margin. There was no buffer room. There was no room for me to have a month where I didn't make money. And I carried that with me into my businesses, even as I continued to expand. And so what I found myself doing is setting targets around like just covering the nut of the business. Right. So I'd be like, oh, great. We made our $20,000. I can pay the rent and pay my employees. Like, that's what I was thinking in my head. Like, oh, thank God we hit this base level nut. Uh, I can repay the loan I took out to build out this facility. You know, or, you know, thank God. um, Thank God we hit this number. So now, um, so now I can take a little bit of money and pay my rent, my personal rent, because I wasn't even necessarily taking money every month. From the business, which is crazy when you think about it. So my standard had been lowered and I had changed my vision from looking at what I really wanted and what I had even built this business for, which was to be profitable and provide money and time freedom for my family. And now I'm just like look, setting my targets around just paying off the bills. And that's an incredibly low standard to keep. And if that's all you ever set your eyes on, that's if that's literally how small you play, you'll never win big. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Even just having a business that was operational, it afforded me this little bit of status that I craved. Like, oh, I'm a business owner. I have a business that's working because from the outside, all you can see is that the doors are open and the lights are on. There's customers in there. So, I, you know, that was apparently at the time good enough for me to have that little bit of status. And it's such a low bar that I set for myself. And the reality is in my heart and in my head, I wanted so much more. I felt like not only was I a slave to this business from a time perspective, like it took all my energy, but I was a slave to it financially. I always paid all the business bills before I paid myself. And all and all that led me to was enough, like just enough to to rent a townhouse, just enough to put gas in my shitty car that I couldn't afford to replace and upgrade, you know, 15 year old Honda Accord. Never forget it. God bless it. Faithful ride, but not what I really wanted to be driving in my heart. And it afforded me the occasional date night where I'd totally stress out. I'd be like, come on, babe, let's go out. And then I would just spend a couple hundred bucks and hope to God I could figure out a way to make that money back in the business later on because I was constantly stressed about money. But, but we weren't going bankrupt. I wasn't losing, but I sure as fuck wasn't winning. And... I think a lot of guys fall into this. Like maybe, maybe you didn't have a little gym or maybe you're just experiencing this at a bigger level, but there's one thing that I can really look at that, that tapped into that maybe you're experiencing too, which is the fear of leading your family into financial ruin. There is so much shame around that as a man to lead your household, to bring your wife and your kids into a place where they're in financial need. There's so much shame attached to it that you basically avoid it at all costs. (laughs) Like it drives a lot of guys to avoid losing in that way. You just avoid going down that path because you're so scared of literally the essence of who you are as a person and what you're supposed to provide for this family 
would be, would be taken away from you. It's this fear of failure. And if you look at the root of that fear of failure, it's the fear of looking dumb because it's not just needing help that could potentially be the result of a business deal going sideways. It's the fear of people saying, I told you so. It's the fear of people saying he didn't work hard enough. It's the fear of people saying, oh man, he couldn't manage his money well. They lived above their means. It's all this fear of looking dumb that keeps you playing small and keeps you playing not to lose. That's the root of everything. Yeah, we could call it fear of failure, but it's the fear of looking dumb. And it's the fear of other people's opinions. And so how do you, how do you break free of that? How can you, how can you live a life in such a way where you're just completely free of the need for approval from others. You're completely free uh, uh, of the worry about looking stupid in front of other people. And there, there's one, there's one thing you can do. Well, there's a couple things you can do, but we're going to start here at the base level of it all is you have to do the dance with nihilism. That's not, that's what I call it. I'm not a nihilist per se, but you do have to zoom out and be like, man, in the grand scheme of things, none of this shit matters. The end of the world is already predetermined, right? Whether you believe that from a religious perspective, there's going to be a rapture, or you believe it from a scientific perspective of either, I guess, global warming is going to kill us all, or at some point, the earth's going to get swallowed into a black hole. Like the end of the world is already determined. What we do here has no effect on that end game. You have to understand that. So what we do here has no effect on that end game. It doesn't fucking matter. And once you realize that, that nothing has meaning outside of you, you start to realize that the only meaning in the world comes from inside of you, that you get to assign meaning to it. You get to decide what's important to you. You get to decide whether your decisions are powerful or weak. You get to decide how you manage your life. And when you do this, when you understand what's important to you, you no longer worry about the opinions of others because you understand that they're operating in a way that's important and meaningful to them, hopefully. And every single person in this world is out there doing what's in their own best interest and operating in a way to where they're, they've got a vision in their head for what their life should be and they're doing their damnedest to bring it to life. And that's all we can do. So when you realize, when you do that dance with nihilism, you realize that in the grand scheme of things, big picture, nothing really matters. Now you're free. Now you're free from the need to succeed or hit certain milestones or be a certain way. You're free from that. And not only that, you're free from all the meaning that's attached to your life from anything besides you. And you're free to create meaning in your life. And you're free to determine what's important for you and how you can live your life in such a way that 30, 40, 50 years from now you look back and you have no regrets because you operated in a way that was within your value system. You did the things that were important to you. And then you can start the journey, man. And it's not like, you know, it's not like you're just going to wake up one day and, I don't know, quit your job and buy a Harley or whatever the fuck it is people do in midlife crisis. It's not like that, man, but it's little stuff. You'll start to see piece by piece. The matrix will come unraveled around you. 
you'll start to see little behaviors you were doing or little thought patterns you were having. We're like, man, that doesn't serve me. That is not, that's me making meaning out of something that's not important to me. That's me spending my time in a way that's misaligned with what's important to me. And as you begin to see these things and make these little changes, you become more and more powerful as you start this journey and you start going down the road, you start going down the road and ultimately you understand what's important to you in every little misalignment, every single way that you spend time, money, energy, or focus that's not in alignment with what you, with what you want, you start shedding from your life. And now all of a sudden you're sprinting down the path towards what you want and what's important to you. And once you do that, once you can take charge of yourself in that way, once you can be truly free in that way, there's a, there's a charisma that comes with that. There's a magnetism. You are now a true leader. You are leading yourself first. And once you lead yourself, it's natural to be able to lead others and to step into that leadership role in your household that most men crave, but many are too scared to take the wheel of. And so I would invite you on that journey and just say, hey man, start looking at what's really, truly meaningful for you. And then audit your time, audit your energy, audit your finances, audit everything and compare it and contrast it to what in your heart you know is meaningful for you or will help you create a life of meaning or is within your value system. And when you see something that's misaligned, get rid of it. Get rid of it fast. Fix that misalignment and you will be free before you know it. You will be breaking out of the prison that you've built for yourself based on all the social conditioning and all the meaning that people have assigned to life that frankly isn't important to you. So bit of a heady topic for sure. Um, you know, it's kind of out there. Some of you guys might be like, dude, I don't know what you're talking about, but for some of you guys, there's this little, this little like feeling in your chest where you're like, man, he's, he's spot on. I'm wasting my time with, with shit. That's not meaningful for me. And those people are the ones who are my people. (laughs) You guys are the one who are going to go on the journey because you understand that there is no should in life. There's only what you want and nothing more. So go out there, look at that, look, go internal first. Look at that vision you have for your life. Look at that vision that you'd like to make into reality and start living from the place of I'm bringing that into reality. Start living from that place of desire rather than that place of I should. And shit will change for you very, very fast. 